<sighs> My life cut.
Sorry guys, the live cut before. Um, yeah, the live cut before, sorry about that. Man, we was going in, we was going in, we was talking about the Jamaican independence and why it's important. For for me, do you know what? Let me be real with you lot. I never used to um I've never actually celebrated Jamaican independence. You know? Because it's always been kind of bittersweet for me. Because, you know, my family's Jamaican, also Vincentian. You know, me, I'm born and raised in London. You know, never lived anywhere else. So, although I've always repped Jamaica, you know, as my closest claim to natural, you know, naturality, as my closest claim to blackness and culture, I've never fully felt like I could claim that. Because like I said, I'm born and raised completely, entirely in Babylon. So, being Jamaican has always felt like a trophy that I didn't earn. Does that make sense? You know, especially when I go there and I don't, my current programming from being raised in England doesn't feel like I fit in and I feel foreign. And Lord knows I ain't never, I knew from like age six that I wasn't British or English. And anytime that I thought that I was, the white people came and put me right back in my place. Like, no you ain't. <laughs> you know, based on school and all of that stuff. But that aside, a lot of us black British, particularly Caribbeans, feel like we are suspended in limbo sometimes with our identity. I say all of that to say that Jamaica has felt like the meeting point for Africans. It's always felt like whenever I study what Jamaica contributes to what Jamaica has contributed to the world, yeah, in the term in forms of art, philosophy, um, and all manner of other things. Like when I think about it, I'm like, it's always been like the meeting spot for Africans. Jamaica's um, just feels like it's always had a huge hand in every revolutionary um, African move. You know, and when I say African move, I'm talking more on a diaspora level. You know, whether we're talking about Marcus Garvey, you know, and how he sent the the echoes of Pan-Africanism throughout Africa, yes, and throughout the black world, which then gave birth to now the Africans that would lead the independent Africa, you know, that mindset had an influence in all of them, a man who physically never touched Africa, yes, 
but his work, his energy was so potent that he was able to affect the lives of Africans everywhere. You can look at someone like Marcus Garvey and see his influence in Ghana, influence in Kenya, influence in South Africa. Then you've got hip-hop. You know? Then you've got hip-hop, which looks at which the the founding principles of hip-hop has come out of Jamaican sound system and chat culture. It always feels like Jamaica, Jamaica being almost like the first hub of the diaspora. You ever thought about that? Jamaica feels like it was the first concentrated diaspora hub. A lot of people think it was just West Africans that came that was in Jamaica. East Africans were also there too. Yes? And Jamaica also being linked to native Karakus, right? And being a port that was stopped off um, on many from many other islands. It's always felt like it's been a diasporic hub. And I don't think it's any coincidence that every time you're, you look at Jamaica, it's always got some it's always got some major influence on the whole diaspora. Even if you look at someone like Vibes Cartel today, who Vibes Cartel energetically would be the other side of Bob Marley's coin. If you think about the influence Bob Marley has had and how much of light Bob Marley has been on this world, Bob Marley penetrates all races, cultures, ages, sexes, orientations, yes, with his words and with his energy that he puts into his music and it influences the world in that in the ways of light. Well Vibes Cartel has a very similar energy but just on the absolute flip side of the coin. Vibes Cartel's music and the way he done his dance hall changed the way uh dance hall was done and also changed the uh, the world's relationship with dance hall music. Many look at this in a negative light, many look at it in a positive light. But either way, he represents that darker side of Jamaica that has now almost taken over the image of Bob Marley in some ways. Either way you look at it, however you feel about it, Jamaica has always been the agent of black change. Like that island that was uh, said to have been the stop off for all the rebellious so-called slaves. All the rebellious Africans, yeah? They weren't slaves, they were enslaved people. Yeah, so all the rebellious Africans, it was said that all the ones who you couldn't break their spirit, all the ones who were refused to bow down, all those Africans were hubbed 
in that one little island of now 2.8 million people. So imagine Jamaica has, in it, it, since our removal from the continent, Jamaica has always been the spiritual hub of the of the suffering African. Whether you're looking at Bob Marley or Marcus Garvey, whether you're looking at Cool Herc's influence in hip hop and chat culture, yes. Whether you're looking at those things, you can always see how Jamaica, whatever Jamaica does, echoes throughout the Pan-African world. This Independence Day, being someone who is of Jamaican heritage and lineage, and being someone who, even of in my Vincentian heritage, you know, I recently learned that St. Vincent was also a, a place for African warriors. And that a lot of people who escaped from other islands would go to St. Vincent to find refuge because of how, um, how guerrilla it got when the Africans waged war on the colonial so-called masters, yeah? This Independence Day, my thoughts are on how can I continue the legacy of those spiritual, rebellious, African patriotic people? Jamaica, I feel, is Africa's meeting point. No matter where I've been in Africa, and I've been to over 10 countries, every time I say I'm from Jamaica, I get a unified response. One of respect, one of reverence, one of honor, one of gratitude even. From all people, from all levels of the African experience, whether we're talking about be in the village or whether we're talking about government officials, the, the, the unified perception of Caribbean people in Africa uh, is that they are our brothers. They are our allies and in many ways they are our constant champions. I'm in Kenya. The one flag, the only flag you will see in Kenya outside of the Kenyan flag is the Jamaican one. And when I say see it, I don't mean on an ambassador's building. I'm talking about on people's wrists, tattooed on their chest, on their motorbikes, on their cars, on their buses. The Jamaican flag is there. Jamaica is the meeting point for all Africans. 
it's almost like Jamaica or reggae, which is a Jamaican export, and has always been the unified language of all Africans. What's the other unified language of all Africans, no matter where you are, no matter what version of African you are? African American, Caribbean, Black British. The unified language is reggae. Our unified language is hip hop. Yes? And a unified language has also been the Rastafarianism. Jamaica is always the meeting point where Africans can connect in this world. Does that make sense? And in that spirit, this Independence Day, my meditation is on how can I live up to what it is that I am made of as a Caribbean person. Which is, and even more so, as a, even deeper now as a black British person, because now the most influential culture in Britain is the Jamaican culture. Yes, it's in our music, it's in the food, it's in the way we connected as black people. Yes. British slang is a lot of it derived from Caribbean words mixed with Cockney words and so again me now as a Caribbean from Caribbean heritage being born and raised in multicultural uh, African diasporic London it gives us a huge sense of responsibility for being the unifying factor of all of Africa the one who was afforded the privilege of seeing all Africans and this is why I believe all Africans can relate to Jamaica because they see a bit of themselves in what a Jamaican does it's because a Jamaican is a concoction of Africa or should I say even the Caribbean is a concoction of all of Africa every African can see a bit of themselves whether you're talking South African West African East African North African yes every African can see a bit of themselves in a Caribbean experience Jamaica is the unifying principle of Africa. My meditation is, what is my, yes, thank you for that Audrey, Thank you for that. My thinking is now, what is my responsibility in that whole understanding? 
here we have a multitude of Africans, both coming out of Africa, yes, by slavery, and some traveling to the Caribbean, purposely. Here you have a multitude of Africans in the Caribbean, right? For centuries, uh, keeping hold of their rituals, their ancestral heritage, their ways of views of life, and even reinterpreting, reinterpreting, reinterpreting them. Sorry, in now their new, I guess, white colonialist consciousness. Does that make sense? Reggae is an interpretation of the African mindset. This is why it penetrates all Africans. Reggae is an interpretation of the African consciousness. It's a reggae is almost like it's like if you had to put all African consciousness into a machine and bring it out as you know what it looks like in its most tangible dense form, which is what Western consciousness is just dense, tangible, like if you had to like compile it, you can look at reggae, yes, music and what reggae music expresses and the constant message of reggae, this is why reggae cannot die ever and never get old, never get, reggae never phases out ever, no matter how old you are, no matter where you, no matter what you think you are, like reggae never phases out for anyone ever. Because even my, my grandma says she don't listen to music the way she does, it's Freddie McGregor or Bob Marley or someone. Do you get what I'm saying? So all of that to say, when you when you look at um. Jamaica's ability to communicate with everyone. You start to now appreciate this monkey's looking at. You start to now appreciate and start to really willingly observe what is the foundations of and almost in this context of this conversation, what is Jamaica's spiritual responsibility? And how has that evolved? From the days of uh, Marcus Garvey, from the days of Bob Marley, yes, from the days, you know, of the advent of reggae, yes, and then the advent of hip hop, yes. Now we've moved through the hip hop phase, we've shown the world how crazy and crud it is for African people. We know, we showed the world how mad it is for African people. In all, like the whole hip hop has given you the ugliest side to the black experience. It's exposed in full with no, you know, like reggae kind of soothed you in your pain. Hip hop was like, take this damn pain in every freaking capacity, every bloody, you know what I'm saying? Gangster, revolutionary, pimp, hoe, hustler, nigga, bitch, fuck, motherfucker. Fucking fuck, crack cocaine, rape, sodomy. Do you get what I'm saying? That's what hip hop did. Hip hop gave you the ugliest, ugliest, ugliest side to the black experience and made you love it. Made you love it so much you applied it to yourself. That's what hip hop gave you. 
and the foundation. Yes, one of the greatest and most lasting parts of hip hop. Yes, is the rapping, the battling, the confrontational um, use of words that stems from Jamaica. It comes from Jamaica. Look up Cool Herc. If you don't know who Cool Herc is, go and look up Cool Herc. The founding father, one of the founding fathers, yes, of hip hop, came from Jamaica with the chat culture that we now call rapping, with the sound system principle, baseline. And that is what we have today in our clubs, in our raves, in our Beats headphones. What is it about this place that we call Jamaica? What is the spiritual responsibility of Jamaica and the Caribbean in unifying once and for all the African man and woman everywhere? one thing about a Jamaican a Jamaican whatever side a Jamaican sits on their energy is the same very potent very direct very straightforward very to the point very much so you will never get it twisted about who the frick I am You have to know, this is what I'm about, and I make no shame, no bounds with that. That is a Jamaican. Whether you're talking about Marcus Garvey, who was considered an ignorant hothead, wouldn't listen to no one, because I know I am one. I know I am one. Nobody can tell me nothing. And that what I look for. And that what I go for. You understand? That kind of energy. Whether you're looking at Marcus Garvey or whether you're looking at Bob Marley or whether you're looking at Vibes Cartel and dancehall artists Buju Banton yeah we know all the levels Buju Banton sung that's why Jamaican in one in a Jamaican is the only person who can seem to jump from the utmost righteousness praise Jah hail Rastafari God El Shaddai and jump straight to Gal your pump pump fat Let me bust you inside of that Let me get inside of the kitty cat Make it go splat And Jamaica's the only Like Sizzler has both those kind of songs Buju Banton has both those songs Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah? Movado has those Like they can talk about the most They go like this In terms of energy they can sit on both sides I'm asking you guys to think about in this um, in this independence I'm asking us to think about what is it about Jamaica and Jamaica's spiritual responsibility and the Caribbean's spiritual responsibility of bringing the African diaspora finally together. 
Jamaican's influence in Black Britain. Yes, I'm from London and the unifying language between black people and now people of color and now white people. Our unifying language is the Jamaican black. Yo, what's man saying? You get what I'm saying? Like how we speak, the lingo that, that is now London lingo is just derived from Jamaican culture. Where is this going? London is the most... Now London... As a physical experience Is the most you, you will get the most diverse amounts of black people In London And not Just black people who's born and raised in London But black people who's Just come in From all So they know their motherland They know their mother tongue You rarely go up to a black person in London Ask them where they're from And they say England A black person in England Will just Will like out of ten times, someone will say you like the nine and a half is where someone will say I'm from England. You go up to a black person in London, where are you from? They're saying Nigeria, Ghanaian, and then they'll give you the caveat. But I was born in London. <laughs> but I was born here, just in case you try to speak to me. And you, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm Trinidadian. I'm Eritrean. Yes, I'm from Barbados. I'm from Jamaica You know what I'm saying London has been a Physical representation Of a true Unified African nation And I know Places like Canada um, Or more so Sorry New York They have that kind of But London is a different kettle of fish In terms of the connected African experience. I'm saying, family. Wagwan, fam. What you might saying? Bruv, you can say Wagwan anywhere in Africa. Everyone will know what the fuck you're talking about. Wagwan should now be colonized as an African. We just say that's just a unified African word. I've said Wagwan. In, in fact, people say Wagwan to me before I even know how to say Saobona or Mambo. They say Wagwan. Not because I'm Jamaican It's because of how they speak What is it about Jamaica guys Listen What is it about the Caribbean Yes Jamaica And now black British people Now this is where You know My British Africans My British Ghanaians My British East Caribbeans My British You know whatever's. This is now where Where do you And how do you guys play a part In that The end of this story the story, is, the story is coming to an abrupt halt And we are moving into Happily ever after I'm saying We have to now do our part We have to end this story correctly We're literally You lot listening You are There is now not even one generation left before you are fully your 100% to all of us are fully our 100% natural self there's not even one generation left does that make sense most of my friends who are married are married it's an African married to a Caribbean person 
most of my friends who are married. It's an African, whether it's the man or woman, it doesn't matter. It's an African. There's no more generations left. You have arrived. We are back. We are back. We are here, motherfuckers. Welcome. Where you been? How's it been? Are you ready? Let's go. We're back. The only issue is now you don't realize it. You still think we're in 1969. We're running off 1960s data, bruh. We are back. That's why every Black History Month, they want to... And listen, this is no disrespect to our heroes. But let me tell you like this. Black history just needs to be our livelihood. Like it needs to be not something that makes you look at how good it is for you now. Oh my God, we couldn't share. We couldn't piss next to white people. Now we can. Yay. We've moved forward because now I can date Jessica and her brother won't kill me. Yay! That's currently what black history looks like when it's taught to you by these institutions. That's what they give you. They're like, oh my God, we used to shoot at you, now we don't. You can sit in the classroom, you can even date and fuck our women. Thanks, Mega Shake. No, no, no. Our history needs to become our honest livelihood so we know what we're doing where we're at now and where we're going forward fam nah we are here there's no more steps do you realize there's no more steps we've gone through the layers fam and I'm saying to us that we have a huge responsibility, particularly those of us in the diaspora, we have a responsibility. And we are and I, and I believe we're doing it. I just I'm just I'm just shouting it out loud. We're doing it. It's it's like you can't it's it's automatic. We are doing it. Like trust me you're doing it. Trust yourself that you are actually doing it. It's not even I just want you to be aware so now you can start to do it on purpose and you're also not surprised about what comes from you understanding that that's what you're doing. We are back and we're better than ever. We are better than ever because for the first time, listen to this, for the first time, yeah? For the first time, probably in human history, all of Africa just got to have one conversation. Yes, all of Africa just just now got to have one conversation with each other. That's what the black experience has been. Just an intimate conversation about the evil within us. That's what this is. This is an intimate conversation about the evil within us. 
And now the question is, now that all of, watch this, all of our evils have been laid out. We can see what men like R. Kelly, people who are revered like R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, you know, even the chances that these men could be anything what we had made them to be in the form of heroes. We've been able to see what great men can do. How men of the light can do the most heinous and dark things. And I'm not just talking about those men. I'm talking about all men. Men in your family. Men in government. Men who are leaders of community. Men who are so-called spiritual. We've been now able to... We've got the data to prove... How vile... And real devilish like we can actually be. These past few centuries of actually a small window in the black experience. Do you realize that? This colonial time on the timeline of the black existence has been like a hair on my face. This has been an intimate conversation between us as natural people. Now, everything has been laid on the table. The question now is, do you want to move forward? Now that you know what you can be, you know how sick you can go, you know how out of your mind, how opposite of yourself, how unnatural you can be, and you've seen how it backfires, it doesn't work for you, yes? Now that you've seen that, the class is no longer in session. It's test time. Are you ready? It's test time. Are you ready? Now that you've got the data, are you ready to build the new? Don't don't say yes or no. Your life is the yes or no. Don't say yes or no. Your life is the yes or no judgment day is a very quiet experience it was only characterized as an explosion of things but it's actually an explosion going on inside of you you are being exploded right now An imploding is happening inside of you. It's not out there. Judgment Day is peaceful. And it's a peaceful disintegration or integration to or from 
the new that is inevitably happening. There's no like. Do you not not do you do you not not think about where else this life can go? We've literally exposed every corner of this earth. There's nowhere you can hide anymore in ignorance. There's no way. Oh my God. The internet is being used as the voice of God. Anything, anything is at your fingertips right now. The most disgusting side of you and the most beautiful side of you is at your fingertips. Ready to welcome you in. Ready. Ready to welcome you in, in the form of your desires. Does that make sense? Judgment Day is nothing to do with a man in the sky. Folding his arms, wagging it. It's the spirit in you saying, this, I want to know if I'm moving, I'm shifting. So you even need to um, vibrate at the frequency I'm vibrating at so I can move with you or stay like this and you're gone. Does that make sense? You can stay like this. It's like, it's your choice. It's your choice. You thought you were going to have to line up and hold your hand with your siblings about God's judgment. No, it's your choice. It's your choice. It's your choice. It's like, Am I ready to move with the shift? Or am I just am I gonna stay am I gonna stay here and get left behind? We've arrived, fam. We've arrived. We've arrived. So now you have to saddle your horse and decide where you're going to take Fido. That's a dog's name. That's not a horse name. Okay. Uh, but you get what I mean. You gotta say, you're got you on your horse. Decide once and for all what it is for you. Decide once and for all what it is for you. Decide once and for all what it is for you. Because there's no, there's no more steps. There's no more steps. <laughs> Do you realize, yeah? Watch this. Do you realize that by the time you can have sex with two more Jamaicans, yeah? Oh, you can if you're Nigerian, right? For example, like my friend, my dear friend Ola. He's married to a Yoruba woman. He's Yoruba, he's married to a Yoruba woman. But do you realise the fact that they were both born and raised in England? 
amongst all these cultures, not just black, African, Caribbean, but Asian. And do you realize that no one can be ignorant anymore? Like, I can't say I don't know, like, Pakistanis. I can't say anymore that I don't know white people. I can't say I don't know, like, do you get what I'm saying? No one can be ignorant anymore. It's a choice. It's a true choice, but it comes with harder consequences because it's exposed. It's real exposed. And when you know you're being ignorant by spiritual law, you're actually being evil. So, it's a, it's a beautiful time we're living in, man. It's beautiful, but it's scary because we need... We need the literacy to understand um, what's happening. Because what, the more and more you look at it through the lens, like how can you know the problem of a building when you're inside it? Does that make sense? It's usually the guy outside that can see certain things that you like, the building's fucking up, yo, there's a demolition outside, like, you're in your bed inside the house, you're not gonna, your perspective is not as great as the one outside looking at the whole building. Does that make sense? So, when you try and look at what's going on in your life right now, spiritually, because all of us are being spiritually challenged. I don't need to know you to know that. So, when you look at what's going on in your life spiritually, you can't look at it through the lens that your spirit is dismantling. Wow. That was deep. <laughs> when you're looking at your life spiritually, you can't look at it through the lens that your spirit is dismantling. You are being given a new vessel. Do you get what I'm saying? There's a great shedding happening. This is why everyone, regardless of how ignorant you want to stay, is becoming conscious. Everyone is becoming conscious. We can't do this anymore. So there's no point. Do you know what's crazy? There's no point even, like, this is not the time to live in any form of lies. Like, whatever problems you have, face that shit. Expose that shit. Tell people, everyone is going through a madness. Everyone is going through a madness. Everybody. I don't care who you are. Everyone's going through a madness right now. So... Not, not only own your shit, get vulnerable so that other people can see that they're not alone. Then we can come together and make the real solutions. Does that make sense? We're all coming together to get high and drunk away from our problems. Meanwhile, if we just paused for a second and said... Wagwan, like genuinely, let's take off the take off the jewelry, take off the ego, yeah. Wagwan, my brothers, what's going on, my family, sister? Wagwan, mom, dad, do you get what I'm saying? What's actually come here, man? I'm I'm fucked as well, you know that. I'm fucked too. I'm fucked, yeah. I'm fucked, man, and I'm dealing. I'm going through some shit. Yeah, that shit when I was a child just didn't. It didn't. It didn't mess with me, man. Yeah, the school is... I'm, I'm haunted by this. I'm haunted by that. This is what I'm dealing with. I don't understand this. I'm confused. That's the conversation we need to be having right now. That's where we need to go because there's no more layers. There's no more layers of ignorance anymore. 
There isn't. So it's either you are representing the God in yourself or the devil in yourself. Because we've got all the data to prove how we need to be. We have it. We've heard from everyone. We've heard from everyone, family. Yes? All along the 19th century, the Europeans' opinions and ways of life has dominated the perspective of around the world. Yes? We've had the Asian perspective, both East Asian, yes, and West Asian. We've heard their perspectives in forms of their spiritual practices, in forms of their perspectives on life, in forms of their, in terms of their uh, ways of moving through life. And we've adopted that in recent years. In the millennium, that's what it was. But we're going into 2020. Yeah, 20 years before 2000 was 1980. Yes, 20 years before the year 2000 was 1980. How different was that age coming out of the 70s in, from 2000 on? We are going into 2020. Today, we are going to the last place that you would ever think that you would find what you've been looking for. All humans have been looking for is buried right here in the motherland. And you will see. And if you don't learn as an African person to know and appreciate that. That you are the last piece to the unifying puzzle of the world. Yes. You are the last piece to the unifying puzzle of the world. It's time that you accept that responsibility and make it a part of your everyday output and energy operation. We have arrived. To me fika. <laughs> to me fika. That's how we... <laughs> Alright, so... To me fika means we have arrived, yeah? In Swahili. So... Whenever you see a black person today, I want you to go up to them and say, to Mefika. <laughs> yes? Whenever you see a black person today, smile at them and say, to Mefika. To Mefika. To Mefika. Yeah? <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> tuning in to too high to go hell um this is a podcast that you can hear back on apple Podcasts, on spotify and on anchor um you can um tune in and support too high to go hell is a creative portal it's all about spiritual health so we've got music literature and um this podcast all under the um the umbrella of spiritual health conversation you can support this project via my GoFundMe 
in the link in my bio in the link in my bio yes you can support this project um by donating to the gofundme page link in bio and yeah so we can get the music out um, um for those of you who don't know i'm a producer and an artist my music is for healing and prophecy so um i'm working on an album to match uh, musically what I say in some of these lives and actually to show you expose what I'm saying I'm here to give my heart I'm not here to be a fake I'm not here to be no um, you know some sort of like bodacious ignorant character you know I'm here to give you my heart and the truth of who I am and where I'm at and where I plan to go to so that we can be comrades on the path to where God has purpose for us Does that make sense? So yes, I got an album in the wake You can listen to previous music Also on Soundcloud and Spotify On iTunes Mikhail Amin um, What else? Village Link Up We are doing a great Village Link Up For the African diaspora This uh, This December From the 8th to the 15th We'll be calling the whole and welcoming the African diaspora to Kenya this December for a week of events and connection and spiritual growth and just a beautiful time, you know, to again, to help us be responsible for where the motherland and nature is evidently going. Does that make sense? So, um... Peace be un to uno. Peace in, love out. The reason I'm looking up here is because I'm recording on my camera because I did this an hour ago and the whole live got cut and I nearly got pissed and threw away my shit. But I said, you know what? Deep breath, two puffs, let's go in again and speak to the people. So yeah, peace in, love out. Nakumaisha watu, which means I like you people. I give you life with my own. Bless up, man. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, no more updates.